0: COVID-19 has accelerated our use of technology. How we work and where we work has all potentially changed forever.
1: And this presents a once-in-a-generation opportunity. In order for this to work, you need a lot of people doing a little thing. And collectively, we can do it. But no individual is going to do it. It's about us all working together. So whatever you can do, try to do that. And then like one little step at a time will get us there.
0: This is... Beyond the Capital from SuperTech, a new series that explores the future of technology in the world of work. Our focus is the tech scene that's flourishing outside of London. I'm Hilary Smith-Allen, and I'm involved in the technology adoption agenda and passionate about opportunities across the UK. In this episode, I spoke to fintech entrepreneurs who are pursuing net zero through their businesses. We explored the green finance agenda, the role of technology and the relevance of place. The World Economic Forum states that digital technology can reduce global emissions by 15% in 2030. So I'm interested to hear from our guests today and how they're contributing to that. Julianne, perhaps I could start with you.
1: Tell us about NOSA Data. Yeah, thanks so much, Hilary. I'm Julianne, one of the co-founders and CEO of NOSA Data. Um, what NOSA Data does is we help companies with their Environmental, Social and Governance, or ESG, reporting data management and analytics. We started in about March of 2020. And the reason why was because I saw that ESG was one of the most rapidly growing trends in finance. It's doing this because it's really taking sustainability from the lens of financial materiality. And I thought that just made tons of sense. So what we actually did was I first started a newsletter. um, And when we started the business, I interviewed hundreds of people for my newsletter looking for the most burning hair place in ESG. What we saw was that, Most of the products were sold to investors to help them assess the ESG performance of companies, but companies were under more and more pressure to provide their ESG information to the market. They didn't have an easy way to do it. So we wanted to be the ones to build that tool for companies. Brilliant.
2: I read
0: an article the other day about how accountants and reporting are going to change the world and lead the fight against climate change. But Joey, where does your business Curveblock come into this agenda?
2: Thank you, Hillary. My name is Joey Jones. I'm one of the co-founders of CurveBlock and Chief Revenue and Compliance Officer. Uh, CurveBlock was established firstly to bring financial inclusion into a space that that historically uh, the retail investor has been excluded from, which is real estate development. Uh, Real estate is is the largest asset class in the world, but yet the the retail investor has been excluded from investing in in the development side of that particular space. They can invest in in REITs and various types of, of products, but that's all based on mortgages, leases, and rents. So you're limited to an interest rate as opposed to the actual real gains of development, which can be 25, 50, 80, 100% gains, Um, massive, massive gains. So so we established CurveBlock to be a fund to allow the retail investor to participate in in this huge asset class, right now about $216.7 trillion. uh, almost twice the size, or a little over twice the size, actually, of the financial markets. And then once we developed the fund, it, it was really important to us, the type of thing that we invested in. And, and that's when we um, started working with uh, modern methods of construction and and using these carbon zero energy positive homes as as the vehicle that we invest in specifically.
0: Fantastic. And I know uh, carbon neutral and All things ESG relating to real estate is also of great interest to Ashman Finance. Simon, perhaps you could introduce yourself and say hi.
3: Thanks, Hilary. I'm Simon Healy, Chief Operating Officer at Ashman Finance. Ashman is a pre-authorization startup bank, uh, currently in build phase, uh, looking to launch next year. We are focused on real estate lending to businesses with a particular ambition to become the UK's first uh, digital sustainable bank. First and foremost, we believe that SMEs are still underserved in the market in terms of accessing lending, but in particular a vast majority of businesses want to become more sustainable, but don't quite know how and don't quite have the incentives. Um, And so we've been established really to address that need and help real estate um, businesses become more sustainable.
0: And that's an interesting word that you've ended on there, Simon, sustainable. I think I've worked in construction, the word sustainability has been around for a while, but it means many different things to many different people. So I mean, I can go back to you immediately with well, what does sustainable mean in the current context, in the context of Ashman Finance, climate emergency, green finance, etc. So can you unpack that a little bit? And I'm going to come to each of you with, with this same question
3: yeah absolutely so i mean and first and foremost um we're, we're focused on um, impact uh, to the climate um, and you know pr- primarily that's the most advanced the clearest sort of um, uh, part of the sector um so we're we're looking to incentivize and encourage building practices and assets that will have a lower impact on the, on the on the climate um, and ultimately you know drive um sustainable practices longer term but 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 for us it's it's more than just the climate impact and it's really looking at the 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 broader positivity in terms of social impacts um working on local areas impacts on people um as well as just the 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 planet so it's very much an all-encompassing um kind of do the right thing type agenda
0: joey i saw you nodding when i queried what sustainability meant what are your views
2: yeah, you're, you're right. There, there are a lot of various, various views of what that means. Uh, as I'm sure you know, Hillary, and, and I'm sure Simon's aware as well, uh, the real estate sector, construction, and, and all of that is about thirty percent of, of global emissions. So it, it is a, a pretty big problem when it comes to, to carbon, at least, which is why it's important to reduce those things. So we're we're doing some things like using modern methods of construction to to try to be more sustainable in and conscious of how we use materials. As I'm sure you've seen, Hillary, on, on a, many construction sites, they're, they're very careless with materials and, and waste a lot. And, and so trying to, to control that and reduce waste is important. Um, and then going beyond that to, to, so that these homes are producing their own energy and actually giving back to the grid instead of taking from the grid uh, is, is a big part of that sustainability. Um, and, and then being conscious of, of how we plant the, the developments and what kinds of plantings we're using and using native plants that don't use as much water and, and that survive well with, with that particular climate, wherever that may be, eventually we'll be building all over the world, starting there in the UK. So that that's going to vary from obviously region to region. And Being conscious of all that is, is obviously important. So it, it, it's a broad, broad spectrum, but um, defining it is, mm. is important. And that's something that that I think where that's really going to come from is is the transparency that these companies offer in in what they're doing and and not just giving lip service to what they say they're going to do, but actually here's what we are doing and and here's how we're doing it.
0: Do you see any differences in terms of the international space? You know, where the UK fits in. You're, you're all not from around these parts, uh, but are active to a different degrees in in different parts of the world. What, what perspectives do you see there?
1: So uh, one of our investors was uh, Barclays and Techstars, but based out of New York. And so we've really been meeting a lot of New York institutions over the last few months. And what's interesting is I think that often U.S. leads in a lot of these initiatives. But in this case, I think the U.K. and just Europe generally is definitely ahead. I would say actually um, the silver lining of Brexit is that the U.K. is coming out of Brexit with an agenda for sustainable finance that they're pushing like very, very aggressively. And what you see U.S. doing is actually looking to Europe for what is Europe doing and trying to catch up, um, which I think is a really interesting dynamic. Joey, you're nodding.
2: I would agree with that. I mean, it, energy as a whole has just not been something that most people in the U.S. really pay a lot of attention to, to be honest. It, it's been relatively inexpensive uh, for, for the average consumer as well as the average industry. Um, it, it is something that is is much more important to the UK and, and across the EU. Um, one of the things we're starting to see more of in the US is more a, a focus on energy independence. So while the, the role is basically the same, it's just looking at it from a different perspective. Um, but as from an investor perspective, you know, we, we've been green from day one. Kerr Block meets nine of the 17 UN sustainability goals. Um, that hasn't meant anything for us as far as investment goes. So all of these companies that claim to be investing in in green companies maybe they are but they're they're not looking very hard to find them um, if, if that's the case
3: um yeah and from from my perspective um i think actually if you look at innovation more broadly the uk is arguably a um you know a world leader um in terms of the environment for financial services innovation innovation primarily through through its regulatory environment so i think you know the, clearly the, the primary role of a regulator is to protect Uh, consumers protect markets Um, innovation is potentially fraught fraught with risk. So there's a kind of a a balance to be struck. Um, But I think one of the the, the things that that the regulator, maybe not always got everything right, but the UK regulator, the FCA has been very vocal in supporting innovation, in adjusting its frameworks to um, nurture that. And arguably, one of the the, the recent successes is is open banking in terms of driving real um, structural change into the the, um, industry. I think, you know, emulating and building on some of the strengths there, I think gives a very real opportunity to lead the sustainable finance uh, revolution as well
0: and the sandbox and the financial services side uh, the fca's digital sandbox has been a real part of that innovation scene in the uk but where where does technology really help drive this if we've got all of these different bits we've identified financial services as a key actor we've identified that this is a a very prominent theme going forwards both in the UK, Europe, et cetera. but but what about the technology angle what's the what's the game changing opportunity there from your perspective?
3: Well I think the opportunities are are, are enormous. Um, you know UK fintech already on the at the forefront of, of innovation in the sector, it got the speed, the the capabilities, um, progressively more the investment um, to continue to drive that forward. I think when it comes to um, s- sustainable um, finance, technology plays a key role in making it accessible and available to individuals and businesses. It's important that financial services of the future are embedded um, into everyday lives. Um, so I think technology facilitates that. Um, it requires um, leveraging, leveraging a, a large amount of, of, of data, often from diverse sources and, and sometimes fairly dynamic sources. Um, and again, technology can, can facilitate that. And thirdly, I think it requires a real joined up um, approach. So, you know, financial services in isolation doesn't, doesn't address this. For, for What we see is that, you know, particularly small businesses, for example, where we're focusing, they're looking at, at, at really a, need an ecosystem of partners who are all working together to help drive that um, sustainable agenda. And again, technology can uh, can facilitate that.
0: Julianne, do you have a a view given that you're coming more from the
1: technology side to a sustainability challenge? I mean, I think Simon basically nailed it. So not much to add. I would say technology is working in sustainability, how technology works essentially everywhere. It removes needs for humans to spend a lot of time on like repeatable admin tasks so they can work on like their core businesses and their core needs. Um, And I think that's really what it's doing here too.
0: You're listening to Beyond the Capital with me, Hilary Smith-Allen. Please do rate, review, and subscribe on your normal podcast app. And do get in touch if you have topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. To reach us, email us on hello at supertechwm.com. Jerry, we met because of Curveblock's participation in the 5G accelerator in the West Midlands. So can you bring that story once again to life?
2: Absolutely, yeah. So for Curveblock, of course... All of the homes that we're building will all be uh, using heat pumps for for heat. They're using solar panels and uh, and battery backup systems and gateways that control uh, where that power is going, so that they can either contribute to the grid or cut off from the grid. Um, and, and so we're looking at at data production. We're looking at, at data in the usage of energy. We're looking at a, a lot of various data on these homes. And so being a part of that five G accelerator in the West Midlands was, was really important for us um, because not all the technology that we needed currently exists. So, so we are developing some technology out of that accelerator in the West Midlands. For Curve Block, it was really important to, to meet more people in the West Midlands and in various areas because partnering with, with some of the councils and, and various organizations that have land that they do want to, to build on and and they want to do in a, in a green way is is important for us to be able to make those those connections and, and meet those those people and those organizations and, and develop those relationships. So one of the down the road visions that, that Curveblock sees and being able to utilize this data and, and the reason five G is important is because if you're building one home, that's not a lot of data that you're trying to capture. So you can do that over regular uh, current internet or. or 4G or whatever it may be, but as we build developments and we're building two and three and a thousand homes in a development, all of a sudden that amount of data gets to be a lot more and, and 5G is really the only thing that can handle that amount of data. Uh, so that was really important. Uh, once we have all that data, one of the the important things for us is we want to start partnering with uh, with companies that are offering mortgages to, to home buyers and be able to, to let mortgage companies take first charge of that excess energy, the 250 plus percent of energy that these homes are producing over what they use uh, and, and allow mortgage companies to take first charge of that energy and use that as the down payment. So maybe they take first charge for the first three years or the first four years or whatever it may be and use that as their down payment and allow more people access uh, to purchasing their own home.
0: So we've touched a lot on the the macro piece here and where your businesses fit into some really big agendas, but it's really important that that can translate into local change. So how do you see your business contributing, working at at that more on the ground
1: persona for businesses and or consumers? Julianne? So the reason why ESG has taken off is because there's pressure from lots of different places. We've touched on the pressure from investors and regulators, but also the key one is employees who are putting pressures on the types of companies they want to work for, how they want to do it, and also customers on the types of companies they want to purchase from and why they want to purchase from. And so because of actually these pressures, thinking about the workplace and the practices in your own employer is extremely important. And also thinking about the practices of the places you choose to consume your, uh, your products from. So really just paying attention to where you engage um, during your day has a huge impact
3: for ashman um as i said at the start you know this is this is broader than just climate impact it's it's about social um so for us we've been absolutely single-minded from from start and this this is right from our investors through to the executive team that we will be based in in birmingham um and we we see a huge number of advantages um of being there Firstly, we believe it better connects us to our customers, so our customers will be geographically spread across the UK, uh, far more of them around there than they are in central London, so it kind of makes sense that um, we base ourselves there. Um, but crucially, there's, there's um, access to, to, to great investment um, opportunities, uh, there's uh, a big focus on climate-friendly um, buildings, real estate, um, and, and good for travel for our for our, for our staff members. Um, and, and at the same time as well, real talent. So there's a huge amount of very relevant skills that, that we need for our business um, that we've identified as being being in, in, in that region. So we're very delighted to be sort of supporting that kind of leveling up approach and, and really putting our money where our mouth is in helping make the regions really strong and vibrant across the country.
2: So Curveblock is, is a, a business to consumer company. So we we are we are boots on the ground, working directly with uh, with retail investors, um, regular people. Uh, we're working with landowners, people that that want to see land that they may own actually used for positive things, and, and not just build, you know, the traditional homes that have been being built for the last two hundred years that stick and block, and it's you know, they're they're not being conscious with their materials and all the kinds of things that goes on in construction. Um, so landowners that, that feel that's important to them then those are the kinds of people that we're working with and that that's across the board you know Curveblock has been a remote company from from the beginning um, when we started in 2018 so we, we um, one of my co-founders is in leeds one of my co-founders is in south london and then i'm of course in texas um, in the us so we we are a very it's a global approach but starting there in the uk and across the uk we, we've got projects in kent we've got projects more in the north um, and and looking to to do projects all over, so working directly with the people is important to to curve block.
0: Given that you're all working in pretty cutting edge, pushing at the frontier of this agenda, where do you hope to be by the end of 2021?
3: I'll take that one first because it's an easy answer for us. Uh, we're, we're in build, build mode at the moment. So I, I would hope that by the end of 2021, uh, we're on the cusp of um, taking ourselves into market um, and we're putting the finishing touches to our um, go to market plan. And certainly at, at that point, I'll be able to talk more specifics around some of the uh, innovative products that we're, uh, we'll be looking to launch with.
1: Julianne? For us, we uh, have recently closed a partnership with an ESG standard, and so we're actually onboarding um, quite a few companies over the next few months. Um, So we're doing a lot to kind of scale up our operations and get everyone onboarded. And so uh, we'll get all of those people onboarded by end of October, and then uh, we'll also be raising a seed round uh, in the fall. So it'd be really cleaning up our product, getting them onboarded, and then raising our next round. Fantastic.
2: Joey? Curveblock is right now we just finalizing the deal with a new partner that's going to build out our, our platform. Uh, one of the challenges, as I'm sure you're aware, Hillary, in the, in the fintech space, which, which we fall directly in, um, is, is that a lot of companies build the technology before, before they ever start building any, any customer base. Um, Curveblock did that differently. We started building our, uh, putting projects in the plot, the pipeline. And so right now we're at about 113 million pounds worth of, of gross development value in our pipeline um, that will be probably closer to, to half a half a billion by the end of this year um, and we should have a finalized product and all regulatory compliance in place it the regulation has been a bit of a challenge because curbbla is is working on tokenization and, and while the FCA is is astutely aware of how to manage banking situations they have no clue yet how to manage tokenization and and so that that has been a real um, uh, a real problem so far. Uh, but but we're making headway and working directly with the FCA and, and various uh, HMRC and various regulators to try to improve that, uh, that model and, and make it a little bit more efficient and easy for us to, to work. But um, that, that's a global problem. It's not just a UK problem. Everywhere in the world is trying to figure this new technology out and how, how do we move forward. Uh, and so, being being an active participant and helping the regulators move forward is, is part of what CurbLock's doing.
0: Fantastic. As a final question, if you had one tip or recommendation to a listener to make their future more sustainable, what would it be?
2: For me, it's just to be conscious. I mean, that many of us walk through life day to day, just trying to get the bills paid, and and we don't really pay attention to some of the things that we do. Uh, And and being conscious of what you do and how you do it, and and how easy it is to to just change some of these little things um, in in the way that you live to be able to be more productive as as a family. We've always bought directly from farmers instead of going and buying it at, at the grocery store, for instance. So the the more we can interact together and then move in a positive way and be conscious of how we move and, and participate in the world is is important instead of just blindly walking through through life and trying to just keep our head above water.
3: I'd build on that actually and say, yeah, absolutely. I think this isn't going to go away. Um, don't hide, get started. Actually, there's there's growing belief that those businesses that, that, are um, adopting sustainable practices will be uh, delivering better returns um, and uh, you know making more profit longer term so even if you don't buy it for the altruistic element, you buy it for the cold hard commercial commercial facts um, and I, I would say really that this needs to come from the top so establish clear leadership um, and set out clear goals and then go after them tenaciously
1: Julian? just concluding I would say it's focusing on the little things I think that in order for this to work you need a lot of people doing a little thing and collectively we can do it but no individual is going to do it it's about us all working together so whatever you can do try to do that and then like one little step at a time will get us there that was Julianne Sloan
0: co-founder of NOSA Data also Simon Healy chief operating officer from Ashman Finance and Joey Jones, co-founder of Block. You've been listening to Beyond the Capital podcast from Supertech, a new series that explores the future of technology in the world of work. Please do rate, review, and subscribe on your normal podcast app. And do get in touch if you have topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. To reach us, email us on hello at supertechwm.com